Hey friend, I'm super excited to dive into this episode. But before we do, I wanted to come in here and personally invite you to Radiant Era. Radiant Era will help you create habits and rituals that support you, not deplete you. Get this, if you're experiencing dissatisfaction in any area of your life, you can trace it back to your habits. That's how powerful they are. Building and practicing new habits can help you trust yourself more than ever, build confidence, create better boundaries, become the woman of high self-integrity that you desire to be because you are keeping your word to yourself. Inside Radiant Era, you'll have all the tools and support that you need to create radiant rituals, better boundaries, and speak up unfiltered and unafraid. When you join Radiant Era, you get instant access to the library of content via a private podcast, which I know you'll love, and you get a group coaching call, which is on the first Wednesday of the month. So it is coming up here. We would love to welcome you in, help you really step into bold, decisive action, create change in your life, and build the self-trust that will support you in all areas of your life. It is time to step into your Radiant Era. For the link to join and more information, just DM me the word Radiant on Instagram. My Instagram is at Erica with a C dot a King A K I N G B O Y E. Or you can check out the show notes below. Say it with me. This is my Radiant Era. Hope to see you inside. Welcome to What's Her Story, the podcast for ambitious women who are ready to use their story as a catalyst for change. I'm your host, Erica Akinboy, best-selling author, content strategist, and author coach to high-achieving, globally-minded women. I started this podcast because honestly, I'm nosy. Every time I see a woman shining, living aligned and abundant in life and business, I wonder, ooh, what's her story? I know this, women who believe in themselves and their story are better equipped to help others transform. So if you're ready to connect over honest conversations and be inspired by other impact-driven women, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and welcome to the What's Her Story podcast. Welcome to What's Her Story, Deanna. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for coming. Um, for those of you who don't know, Deanna is one of my very bestest friends. So by knowing her, you know me a little bit more. I feel like we are so similar <laughs> in so many ways and it just works. So I'm really happy to have you here today. I like to start off with the official bio, and then I'll give you a chance to like introduce yourself in your own words. So um, (laughs) Deanna is a proud military spouse, mom of twin boys who are now driving 16 years old. It's insane. I can't. Um, I just can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A teacher at heart. She's both a 
military brat herself and military spouse and has lived all over the world and is adept at managing big change on short notice. Love that. Deanna is a leadership coach who utilizes the DISC to empower leaders to grow in their self-awareness, people skills, leadership development, and personal development. How does that sound? Does that sum you up? Like. It, it does. Um, thankfully, the moving part of our life is over because my husband's yeah. retired. But the the skill sets that, you know, I've learned as someone who's had to move, like big moves, like North Carolina to Hawaii, Hawaii to Massachusetts with little kids and dogs and all of the things. It's a lot. It's a lot to manage. And at one point we had moved five times in seven years. And so oh my gosh. I think growing up that way and then living that way as an adult has impacted my ability to quickly walk into a situation, assess things, get to know people, understand how things work and see connections. Because if you can't do that, it's, it's a really, really overwhelming process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely do that so well. And in so many areas of life and business, such a valuable skill. So, which is actually really what I want this conversation to be about is how your previous decades, like I was thinking about our twenties and thirties and how, um, that in forties for me <laughs> and for you, you're a couple steps ahead of me. <laughs> But like the twenties and thirties are really defined by, we'll say, let, let's say the twenties are defined by achievement, education, mm -hmm. checking the boxes, doing the things, being the person that we're expected to be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of education, like we got, we, you have a lot more education than I even have. Like just, I think that's part of being a teacher is this voracious love mm -hmm. of learning and it's just part of our like survival. It's like, okay, what can I learn now? Well, for me, I would say to you that a word or so one of the quotes that I really love is if you stop getting better, you stop being good. And so I think that I try to apply that to a lot of different areas of my life. So I'm always trying to learn. And as I've gotten older, that focus has become on learning about people, but I'm very growth minded and growth oriented. Um, but yeah, during my twenties, I was, you know, I graduated from college, worked for a year teaching in Florida, met my husband four months later, we were driving across <laughs> country. That was a quick decision. Um, like I literally met him and then four months later we were married and driving across country. Uh, so Amazing. talk about managing a big change. Um, yeah. so, but I was very focused on my career once we you know settled in North Carolina and I became a teacher and then I did my national board certification my fourth year teaching and then I did um, started a master's degree using distance learning and at that time people really turned their nose up at it like somehow it wasn't as um, valuable as going to school in person and now I look at how things are and I'm like I was ahead of yeah. the curve, <laughs> yeah, ahead of the time. Um, but as a military spouse, it was, it was something I had to do because I didn't know how long we were going to be in one place. And I didn't want, didn't want to start something and not be able to finish it. So that was important to me. Um, and then 
I became an assistant principal. And while I was doing that, I finished another master's degree in a year. And then I became a principal and realized that I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I had spent all this time working to become this thing. And when I got there, I realized that it just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for me and how I'm hardwired. Mm, I think you said something that will resonate with so many people as I worked so hard to become this thing, Mm -hmm. fill in the blank, like it could be literally anything and then realize, crap, I don't like this Mm -hmm. or I hate it or this is not the fit Mm -hmm. at all. So what did that pivot season, since you are good at navigating change quite quickly, like Mm -hmm. what did that pivot look like for you? So I went to our superintendent the second year of being a principal and I told him, I said, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, Looking back, I can say it was, a lot of it was the time in my life. A lot of it was my age. A lot of it was the level of self-awareness I didn't have at that point in time that were contributing factors, but my husband was deployed um, in combat. And so that was another thing that I was dealing with on top of running a school. And my superintendent said to me, well, can you make it until Christmas? And I said, well, I can make it until the end of the school year, but I just want to give you a lot of notice now that if I have to go back into the classroom, I'm okay with that. I would rather spend my day with kids than adults. (laughs) That's what it boiled down to. And he was very gracious in that conversation. And it was interesting because when I made the announcement at the end of the school year, there were a lot of people who were shocked. And then I had quite a few people come to me say, and say, I wish I could do the same thing. And I'm like, you can. Mm, mm, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so an example of what's possible. Yeah. And It it turned out to be a really good thing. I wound up working at the district office doing curriculum for the entire county. And then it was during that time period that I got pregnant with twins. So, you know, overachiever. I wanted, you know, just I would have been happy with one. And I was like, I'm a control freak. And God was like, I'm going to show you how much you can control. And I'm going to give you two babies. And it's been the best thing that's ever happened. And that just kind of set me on a a path that I, I never thought that I wanted. Like if you would ask me before I had them, if I wanted to be a, you know, using air quotes, a stay at home mom, I would have been very judgy and said, well, what does a stay at home mom do? And (laughs) when I had them, the, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. (laughs) And my husband deployed when they were three months old. So here I am, you know, by myself with two babies. And I just thought I can't throw work into this. So I just really embraced that season of life because I knew it wouldn't always be that way. And we had waited so long to have them that I focused on them during that time, but I'm not going to lie. There was a massive loss of identity that came along with that because I was Miss Piscina. You know, I couldn't go anywhere without running into somebody. It was like, Hey, Miss Piscina. Hi, Miss Piscina. And I was no longer that part of myself. And it was really, um, it was just different. You know, it's a different, different outlook on things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is also very relatable, right? We, whether we're changing jobs or stepping into a whole new season, which many women do like become Mm -hmm. mothers and 
your identity shifts, like your focus priorities shift. Um, and then it leaves a lot of, it can leave grief for what mm -hmm. you're leaving behind and uncertainty, which is, it brings up a whole other <laughs> sphere of emotions is when you're not sure. And, you know, so those twenties of being achievement and identity in a, a role and then thirties, I know I'm generalizing, but just since I mm -hmm. just stepped into 40, I'm like, oh, I know everything about the 20s and 30s. <laughs> but the 30s are, at least for us, like, okay, we are moms. We are high achieving, goal oriented. We can do all the things. Mm -hmm. And now we're moms and just shifting everything. What gave you this anchor of sanity or like, okay, Deanna, Miss Piscina is still in there somewhere, or or did you just like let her go for a while? No, I applied it all to my children. <laughs> um, you know, when they were little, you know, infants, even I was researching Montessori and what that would be like and how we would do that. And, you know, um, we had a rhythm to our day where there were certain times that we did certain things with two of them. You have to do it once you have to do that in order to survive. Otherwise you mm -hmm. never get any downtime. Um, and I did a little bit of consulting when they were a little bit older, but when they were two, that's, that, that started that period of time where we moved five times in seven years. So I didn't oh. just move five times in seven years. I moved that much with starting with two-year-olds. So it was a, it was a lot. And, um, when we moved to Hawaii, there was not a spot for them to go to preschool for a couple of days a week. So like I ordered online, an online kit where they sent me the stuff every month and we would do our little art projects and we would have our little songs and we had school every day. So I was able to take that part of me and pour it into them and feel like I was, um, you know, still doing something that, that, I knew I was good at, but spending that quality time with them. So it came out mm -hmm. in that way. Mm, I love that. And then I feel like it was about that time when we met online, you were living in Japan. No, I was living in, where? see, you're going to get confused now because I'm from Hawaii, we went to Massachusetts and then we came to Florida and I met mm. you the first time online, the first time we were here in Florida. And then we maintained mm. contact when I was in Japan. Gotcha. Okay. We maintained contact. See, it's, it's like fuzzy. <laughs> yes. Well, and I started moving with young kids uh -huh. around the same time. So we were all just like hopping yeah. around. Um, and that season was interesting because we mm -hmm. came in, both of us in a, let's find part of ourselves, like mm -hmm. find our health, find our self-care time, and then really grew as coaches mm -hmm. and being able to use our education background as coaches was, I think was surprising to me because I didn't go into network marketing mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I'm going to use all my teaching skills. I just mm -hmm. like, let me just work out for 30 minutes and be with some adults online, you know? Mm -hmm. That season, I just look back and I just, I just, I mean, we can't orchestrate any of this. Like mm -mm. once we started collaborating on groups and doing things, we made a lot of cheesy graphics, which 
crack me up every time. We have to get Our creative when you're developing. trying to do a picture with somebody who's in Japan and somebody else who you were, I think you were in Connecticut at the time. We got creative. Yep. <laughs> yes, we were very creative and it worked. It was really yeah. fun. So where our stories converge is really achieving as coaches, really helping women find themselves and mm-hmm. just cut out that space of time for themselves. And then on my end, we, we, we decided we didn't want to be in the cold in Connecticut anymore. And Tammy found a job in Florida. And when I told you, you're like, that's literally like where I live. Like we, we now live, you know, a couple minutes away from each other, which is just wild. Like, like technically we could say that we live in walking distance of each other because yeah, it's not over there. I biked there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is um, insane. Not coincident, just magical. I guess I can say magical. And so when we decided to just kind of step out of fitness coaching, it was where we realized the power of women's stories. Cause as we were building teams, that was the way that we could help them find success is tap into the power of their story mm-hmm. so that we aren't all just echoes of the same thing or the same mm-hmm. product or the same, whatever. And so founding, like becoming brand you and leaning into personal branding that just kind of opened a whole new, what is it? I was going to say bag of worms. Is that what you say? Box of worms. A that's, whole new I, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Can of worms. Can. Can of worms. <laughs> so with that, I would love for us to talk about from then until now, how mm-hmm. this new season where our kids are like literally in school right now, they're much more independent we're getting to step into who we are as individuals, which again, we're kind of like conjoined twins. So we're like mm-hmm. stepping into the world always together. That season we wrote Unperfect. And I would love for us to talk about like, how did we even come to let's write a book? Well, you know, it's interesting because for those of you that are listening, um, uh, Erica and I have a pretty significant age gap. I'm about 12 years older than she is. Um, and you look I'm very young. Well, I'm 52. <laughs> <laughs> very young. <laughs> so um, it's she's the age, close in age to my sister. And I think that's why it makes it this is really natural for me. I don't feel any weirdness about that, that age gap between the two of us. It's never been a thing. I think yeah. the thing that connected us initially was our background in education and our background in, you know, those master's degrees in school administration and a very similar outlook and way of looking at things. Um, I mean, how many times have you sent me something? And I'm like, of course, that's what you're doing. And I send you something <laughs> that I just did. And it's pretty much exactly the same. same thing. So it's mm-hmm. it's been a really just natural and organic friendship that I'm really thankful for. Because as somebody who moves around, it's hard to keep those connections. And connections are something that really matter to me. I'm, I'm really energized by connecting with people in a meaningful way. If I go down the rabbit hole of disc profiles, my highest is, a, is an S, which means steadiness. And mm-hmm. so there's a part of me that I really like being a part of a team and I really like working with other people. So mm-hmm. when I was working at 
the place that we learned how to write our book from. I had, you know, access to the course and how to learn how to write a book. And was it 90? 90. 90 days. That was yeah. their timeline, 90 days. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a little fast, um, but I thought, you know, we could do this. And we would talk about things and we would joke about it. And it was just like, well, we do all these things together anyway. Why don't we just write a book together? We both have English degrees. We both like to write. Our kids are around-ish, you know, the same age. My boys are just a little bit older, but you're not far off. He's yeah, like, he's high he already, around he's the already corner. talking about driving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I think it, I think it was just, you know, one of those things where it just naturally was an evolution of our friendship and it really made sense at the time. Mm -hmm. I I still remember when we sat down like, okay, we decided we're going to write a book. What are we going to write? And, you know, we mind mapped, we had lots of sticky notes, we had all the things pouring out. And what it came to is the process that we had gone through the previous decade, for sure, like Mm -hmm. being with kids and then having kids is forget perfection, forget even like we're both a little bit definitely perfectionist OCD like mega organized we're a lot of it don't even say a little we're bit a lot we're both a lot of it <laughs> I'm trying to re- you know release some of it <laughs> it still sneaks in knowing that in order to really step into something meaningful that we had to release some of these ideas of getting it right I mean especially with kids like yeah perfectionist it's much more fulfilling to shift the focus on purpose not mm-hmm. perfection, which became well, I say that line. motherhood is is the great equalizer. Mm. I, you know, when when you're a mom, it doesn't matter how old that mom is. Like you can relate to that person as a mom. It's funny yeah. because I have former students who I taught when they were 15 who have kids that are my boy's age because I waited wow. so long to have them, and it's just bizarre. And like I have a former student that actually gives me motherhood advice. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> but once you don't like, once you have kids, you're like, oh, I get you. I get this. I yeah. get what this is like. And I think that that was part of it too. We, we connected in that way. Yeah. I remember the first personal development book that I read was the same time that you might've read it at the same time as me Mm -hmm. is the compound effect. Uh And I remember the only time I had to read was when the kids were in the bath and I was sitting on the counter or the toilet with my book, 10 minutes, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, maybe. And it was such a impactful season to say, okay, I'm going to take this 15 minutes to read instead Mm -hmm. of clean the bathroom. And that memory really seared into my mind when we were writing the book because when we were saying, well, who is this for? It was for the busy mom. Mm -hmm. So our chapters are short. They are impactful as far as like, okay, we have a quote. We love quotes. If, Mm -hmm. if you can see us, like Deanna has a whole bookshelf, my bookshelf's in the other room. Like we love books. We love reading and personal development. We inadvertently color coordinate. (laughs) I mean, yeah. It just happens all the time. (laughs) Um, And so knowing that the busy mom only had a certain amount of time, but Mm -hmm. didn't want to just have fluff. So we have confident action steps in the end of like, okay, here's what you could do at a very Mm -hmm. practical level that will take two minutes to just shift 
from this like, oh, it has to be a certain way perfectionist to let me lean into the purpose of it. Like right now I'm being present with my kids. Mm -hmm. So I loved that process and how much it's defined what we've done in the past five years since writing the book. It's become a mantra, a life Mm -hmm. message for ourselves and so many other people. So I would love to hear where, where you are now in your evolution and what skills you've put in your backpack since Mm -hmm. your twenties, since administration, all of that. So it's interesting because, you know, you can look at defining moments in your life and say, if this had not happened, I would not be where I am right now. So if I look back and I think to myself, had we not started moving when we did, I would, we would have stayed in North Carolina. I probably would have gone back to school or back to teaching when the boys were about three. And I'd probably be there right now, almost on the verge of retirement. I never would have done anything else other than teaching because it was all I knew. And so moving forced me to really have to adapt and learn other things. And so I'm so thankful for that because had I not discovered the online space and what, you know, online learning is now and social media, which has changed so much, even since then, you know, changes all the time. I never would have known the art of the possible. And I think that that's been the biggest thing that's come out of all of it is that I've really, you know, you realize that the only limitation that you have are, are the ones that you put on yourself. We can do anything that we want to. We just have to decide whether or not it's something that we want to do. And so when I hear people say things like, well, I could never do that, or I could never leave here or this or that, well, you could, and maybe you just need a plan to figure out what that might look like, you know, Um, because I think that we get so stuck in this one version of ourselves that we don't see how the things and the skill sets that we have can apply to other situations. Because since then, I've done things like work for an online business that help that helps people write books. Um, I have been a podcast manager for a doctor. I have worked three years as a business coach, coaching businesses that are on the Inc. 5000 list and people who are growing their businesses. And while the business side of things may not be my forte, the people side is. And I would find myself in situations where people would show up to calls and they were having issues with a personality or a person. And so my, I think everything that's led up to now has just made it so that I can look at some sort of a situation and ask somebody a question like, okay, do you know what your disc profile is? And if they do, and they tell me, I'm like, oh, that's the problem (laughs) right here. This is what we need to address. It makes it so easy to really pinpoint how to help people. Um, And I would also say that I apply that to my parenting. And, you know, for those of you who have teenagers, oh, (laughs) it's a challenging time. Godspeed. And it comes so fast, like that transition from elementary to high school, it's so subtle and it's so slow. And then one day you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, my kid has a beard. Like (laughs) where did that come from? You know, it's bizarre how it happens. And then you wake up and they're like, they really, you know, they're, they kind of have their, not kind of, they have their own lives and 
they're doing their own things. And there's been nights where my husband and I look at each other, like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> they're not <Yeah>. here. <laughs> oh and gosh. I know that we are, you know, getting ready. They're, they're sophomores. So we're almost at the end of that school year. They've only got two years of school, high school left. So I know that we're like transitioning into yet another new stage. And while it's, you know, it's sad, it's melancholy. You wish that they could stay a certain age forever. The goal is, is that, you know, they do go on and they have their own lives and that they realize that they have way more opportunities than they think that they, that they do, you know, cause oh. school still pushes school, 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 grades, oh. grades, 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 grades. <laughs> and that doesn't work for every kid. And I'm actually kind of excited for them to be done with school. So they don't have that pressure on them all the time. Cause it's a lot, it's far more than what I dealt with when, when I was in school. It's more than what I dealt with when I was teaching. It's, yeah. it's really, really just a lot that they have to carry. And so I find myself a lot of times using my coaching skills with them. I use things from our book, like with one of them, especially I'm like, okay, the halt method, halt method. I'm like, is he hungry? <laughs> is he angry? Is he lonely? Is he dealing with something with a friend or is he tired? Mm -hmm. It's usually hungry mm -hmm. or tired. It's one of those yeah. two, but I, I can use that really quickly to try, try to determine what's going on with him and how I can support him. So it's yeah. just, I think it just all, you know, culminates and comes together. Yes, it does. It does. I can't wait to see what the next, you know, five years unfolds, 10 years. I know we will still be intermingled in every way. And so I appreciate that you have a couple steps ahead of me with kids and mm -hmm. in this perspective. And we can really remind each other of each other's skills and values and say, okay, this season might be changing, but this is a constant in you and you mm -hmm. can leverage this in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. So I hope everyone can find a Deanna, a partner that is there in it and encouraging and always growing. I really appreciate you. And I know you know this, but I have to tell the world right now. I really appreciate Deanna. <laughs> so well, I always much end. I love you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I always end our conversations with a couple quick questions. The first one is what has been an impactful, instrumental book in your life that's helped you navigate a certain season or finding your voice, stepping into who you are. So it really is open to you. Well, I mean, if you can see the video, I have literally, <laughs> no, I've, I've been on calls before and people will say, well, you, maybe you should read this book. I'm like, oh, it's right there. It's right there. You know, yeah. I have all these, all these books all over the place. I just, I love books. And I don't know why this one popped into my head. But mm -hmm. for, for any of your listeners who do have little ones or toddlers, you know, up to like the age where they start school, there was a book called Touch Points by Dr. Brazelton. And oh. it really highlights what is happening with your child developmentally at three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, 18 months. And it's basically broken up into those three month, three month chunks, because, you know, motherhood is one of those things where. You, you're like, oh, pff, I got this all figured out. And then they go and change on you. <laughs> yeah. Three months later, not even yes. like long. <laughs> and I found that anytime there was something going on with them and I'm like, gosh, what is this? Where is this coming from? I could go to that book and read that section on their age. And I was like, oh, that's what they're supposed mm -hmm. to be doing. They're totally normal kids. 
And it gave me information to help me understand their development and really be able to support them through those early years. Hmm. Do they make one for like middle school and high school age? I, I would know. really like that. <laughs> I don't know if he does or not. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. yeah. It'd just be mm-hmm. so interesting to have more guidance right now, but that yeah. that's I will link that book in the show notes. Well, the sure. only thing that you can tell yourself at this age is, okay, I have to remind myself their brains are not developed. Their brains yeah. are not developed. <laughs> they cannot They're think They're doing this way. the best they can with the little that they have. <laughs> the second question at the end in like 52 more years, mm-hmm. what would you love to be remembered by? What is your message, your story, your lasting memory? That's a really big question. So for me, I've always said that you're going to make me cry. Dang it. Um, I've always said that students don't remember what you taught them. They remember how you made them feel. And I think that's why I'm in touch with so many of my former students. Like I have students, I have, I had a student who turned who turned 40. <laughs> what? And I was like, please tell me you did not just turn 40. Cause like in my mind, she's 18 and you know, I'm 30 something. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting to be able to see that, but I have so many students that I've stayed in contact with. So for me at the end, I want people to, you know, think of me as somebody who was authentic. I don't, if, if I feel like something's fake, I can't do it. I just mm-hmm. can't. And was able to hold space for other people so that they could get the support that they needed when they needed it. Because I find myself to be someone where out of the blue, I'll have someone contact me with some sort of a problem or issue. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, and it, it it's kind <sighs> of a little, you know, like, well, where'd this come from? But then I think, gosh, it means so much to me that people can trust me with those things or that they value anything that I might have to say. And I think that it all goes back to really being able to connect with others in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Mm. I see that for you. I absolutely, I love that. And then last question is, if you were to leave one confident action step with the listeners today, based on our conversation or anything that you want, you know, how we like the first, next, best step, small thing. I would say, okay, I'll use the framework that we were talking about before we got on. Okay. Yeah. So the disc profile is a behavioral tool that helps you understand people and helps you understand communication, but I think it could also be used as a a planning tool. So it's D-I-S-C. So D, I want you to think about what is it that you're trying to achieve and then list out what are the action steps that need to be taken. The I would be who are the people that need to be involved. The C would be what are all of the details or information that you need to know in order to accomplish this goal. And then the S is really kind of like anticipating the things that could go wrong or the mindset things that you might need to get past in order to be able to move forward. And in that simple framework, I think can really help provide you with, you know, when you see everything like that on a piece of paper, it really provides you with a high level vision of all of these different pieces and parts so that you can figure out what is it that you do need to do next. Bring so much clarity to mm-hmm. what can be overwhelming or confusing. I right. love that tool. I'm definitely going to be using that as well. 
Thank you so much. Where can the people find you and connect with you? Um, Right now, Instagram is probably the best place. I'm at leading by type, but I'm just going to be honest. It's not going to be long before I change that back to just my name. It's too confusing trying to find people with random things, but you can, you can type in Deanna Pacina and Instagram, and I'm pretty sure there are not many of me. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're the only one when I've Googled you and searched you. Before. There's like one other Deanna Pacino on Facebook and I reached out to her and I was like, we should be friends. And she did not think that that was a good idea. She's like, this is a fake account. I'm impersonating you. Well, I will link all the things in the show notes below as well. So it's easy for the people to find you because they all need to know you. Thank you so much, Deanna, for this conversation for our day. I Hope that everyone found value. Please screenshot this episode, tag both Deanna and I. We would love to hear what your biggest takeaways from this conversation were. I will see you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to What's Her Story. I love spending time with you. Now, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And if you found value in this episode, share it with a friend and then come hang out with me on Instagram at Erica Akingboye. Be sure to check out the show notes. I've included all important notes and links, including how you can get the latest free download that is exactly how to use your story to create social change. I'll be back here next week and hope you will be too. See you there, friend.